show. They did the match. They did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They did the match. It caught on in a flash. They did the match. They did the monster match. Hello and welcome to a very special Halloween Halloween themed episode of Unsolicited Advice where all of our questions today will have a spooky theme except for mine because David did not tell me that he wanted to do a Halloween themed episode. I didn't think about it and usually I'm so late coming up with these that um, you know it's it's just like last minute. I did it Probably an hour before I came here. I told you I was going to be 15 minutes late because I sat in the car when I parked here uh-huh. and got them. Wow. Yeah. Well, you could have made them. You could have made them spooky. I could have made Damn. them spooky. You well, could have let me know. For the sake of the episode, why don't we um, try to figure out a way to throw a spooky uh, spin on your advice? I'm going to try. Okay. Certainly. <laughs> um, so today we have with us Julissa Johnson. Hey. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Of Being course. Of course, we know you from stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. And uh, usually for these kinds of things, we ask our guest if you have any uh, type of advice or <laughs> philosophy that you like to live your life by or yeah. something that you just feel like people need to know. I like that. I do. I just decided yesterday that I have this new motto. It's just restore your own faith in humanity. Oh, Because I've been really, really depressed lately uh, both like for national and local reasons so i'm like yeah i someone stole money from me so i gave my change to a homeless guy i was like you know what i'm gonna take control of the situation oh. i'm gonna be more broke but for for the good of the world yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah your choice exactly <laughs> yes that's very good so yeah that's a new application then definitely yeah yeah nice are there <laughs> other ways that you've put it into practice that you feel like you've been able to restore your own faith in humanity yeah um i think just um I mean, it's probably going to sound cliche, but just being everything that I dislike about certain people these days, I'm trying to (laughs) be more or less like that. (laughs) There's a better way to say that. But I really do um, have these ideas of of, of people and characteristics. You know, I can use Trump as an example we can all relate to. You know, everything I hate about him, I'm just like, well, let me not be like that. And and that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. You do have to stay very politically informed. So you feel like that's kind of hurting your. It it does hurt my faith in humanity (laughs) to keep up with politics. Oh, gosh. I feel like that would be hard because of your podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like reading the obituary every day. It's just, you know, there's always a motive behind it is what (laughs) makes it different in politics. But yeah, people are getting murdered and journalists are, you know, just it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Actually, um, our building today, the building next door, there was a bomb scare because. Oh, no. Well, there were um, suspicious packages outside of the building and they were stacked really high and I saw them and they did look suspicious. So as I walked into work, it was literally the building right next door. So they just started blocking it off. And then there was like the bomb sniffing dogs and everything. And we got to our building and we were like, should we? be here because the entire building next door which is the union tribune building was evacuated there you go that's the reason right now um or as of today uh there have been a lot of bomb threats you guys might have heard about yeah so all all very democratic uh like targeted individuals and and the union tribune was the first year uh in 2016 was the first year they endorsed a democratic candidate ever so you would think why you know the ut but 
it's political. It's because of Hillary. So, yeah, well, they ended up, our the owner of our company was like, they're not necessarily evacuating our building, but you guys should go home because we don't want, you know. Hell yeah, half day. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I had to work from home, but it was fine. <laughs> but, but anyway, it ended up being nothing. I guess the boxes were filled with trash and, like, Good. chips and Never stuff. Never been so happy to see trash, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah, people were saying, like, oh, it's related to the thing with Hillary and Obama and stuff like that. Totally. But, yeah, just crazy that it all happened. And so close same, to your, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hitting home for a lot of people. They're realizing now that it's not just like this distant political issue. It's trickling down, trickle down politics. <laughs> <laughs> I was being, I wasn't, I was a little anxious because I was like, you know, everybody thinks that it's not them. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, the box is next door and nothing sort right. of thing. But sometimes there's something. Oh, yeah. They're always nothing until there's something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then um, my boss was saying like, oh, well, uh, we're going to have one of the girls check with building security to see if we should evacuate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't mean to sound morbid. <laughs> But to be f honest, like, I don't know that I trust what the building security says exactly. because people told people in the towers of 9-11 to stay inside the building. Absolutely. So I and a lot of these security guards are unfortunately on minimum wage. They should get paid more for what they do. But a lot of them, they're just like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. So I'm just going to tell you what I think. Right. And they're not, you know, formally trained for these kind of situations. They're not a bomb squad. You know, they don't yeah. know what a, what a bomb looks like from a package. So yeah, it's a good good call of yours. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I trust their intentions, but I don't trust the knowledge that they might be providing. Fair enough, because you don't have so. the knowledge. I, I mean, yeah, I, I find it hard to think that someone who makes the same as me, <laughs> you know, regardless of the job, probably. They, and that's just the economy is just that way. It's not that the guards fall. It's just yeah, it's hard yeah. to trust people because we don't get the training we need. We really don't. Yeah. So yeah, I went home. <laughs> <laughs> Some people were like, I'm going to stay. And I'm like, I wouldn't die for this job. Like, are you kidding? Even if there was a 0.5% chance that this building could blow up, I'm leaving. There's like, no job I would die for even. I can't even think of one. Yeah. I can't either. What if you were like a lifeguard for children? Nope. <laughs> Sorry, kid. <laughs> I'll look out. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell somebody. You I can't swim. Do your best to protect them. Yeah. Without killing yourself. Exactly. Yeah, but if there's a situation where you see a kid way out there and you're well, like, I would die if I tried to save them. To the kid. Gone yeah, too like, soon. Well, you know, I can't, <laughs> can't, you know, risk a shark attack. Gotta learn their lesson. Can you not, did you say you can't swim? I cannot swim. Oh, I can't either. And I survived Hurricane Katrina. Nice. I think I think I don't need to swim is what I learned. I'm invincible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified of water. Yeah. Yeah. You can't know. swim either? No. I feel like I knew we you couldn't swim from one of our podcasts, but yeah, I yeah. don't know if I know you. Maybe I'm getting it mixed up that I knew one Maybe of you. Maybe just looking at me, you knew I could. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Don't no. put that up. I'm sorry. That was me, guys. That was me. <laughs> You're going to get some emails. Do you guys get emails from like negative? No, but that actually know. reminds me. We need to get On the Jake email. episode, we said, you said that you were going to make oh. the Unsolicited Advice Podcast email. What did I say it would be called? Unsolicited Advice Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, I will do that. <laughs> Pretty on the nose. Well, yeah, now yeah. that we're going to release this episode first, you have an extra week to do it. Oh, well, no, I don't because I'm going to do it, guys. Okay. Unsolicited Advice Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions. <laughs> I like it. You're going to get one from me. Awesome. Your, yeah. Do you have advice you want us to help you out with? Yes. Oh, oh yes. God, yes. Honest. We haven't had this before. but Okay. Um, I uh, am a very oversensitive person, like uh, super hypersensitive. I'm also bipolar, so I don't know how much you guys know about just that thing. And uh, maybe talk to a therapist about this. <laughs> I don't know what kind of <laughs> advice you guys are qualified for. None. None. <laughs> okay. well, That's perfect. Perfect. Um, <laughs> how, okay. Do you guys find that, um, how to put this? 
there's a lot of crap being thrown at me in my life right now, and I'd like to think that I could just bounce back like I always do, but I find that um, bouncing back doesn't always solve the problem because it comes right back around, and I think the reason that people maybe throw more things at me than I can handle is because I think I'm always putting on a smile. Like, I feel mm. like if, as someone who doesn't like to rock the boat, um, whenever I have a rough time, it's hard to come out with it, so the hard time feels harder and more alone, and, you know, I'm just used to being, like, a happy-go-lucky comedian and all these things, but I'm like, life's it's tough you know like i just i don't know how, how do you guys um i guess deal with asking for help when you need it maybe realizing you need help and you're not just because I, I i know this is probably is a very long question no but, this is totally fine uh I, if to sum it up i would just say um how do you know when life is just hard because it's hard and then how do you know it's hard because you're making it hard on yourself for not speaking up i just don't want to be like a bother to people do you guys have this feeling of like oh i i need help now or do you are you someone like i completely understand but anything that i've done in my life is advice that i wouldn't recommend on anybody okay because i'm the same way and i don't like to ask for help i don't like to burden people with my problems right right and i feel like there's a way where that's like I've I've been able to do that to a certain extent where it's healthy, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a it's, it's a, a delicate tough thing. Dance, it's a yeah. tough thing to try to explain to another person that's also dealing with it because you don't want to lead them down the wrong path and be like, yeah, don't burden people with your depression. Exactly. <laughs> I also then, so, yeah, if you're in a tough situation, you need help. That's really hard, and I've I think I'm fortunate that I you know have a very supportive wife, so she's she tunes into that. She's in there when I need her, and she has dealt with me long enough that she knows there's times where I don't want to be bothered. Exactly, and it's less helpful to have somebody yeah. try to help me. Yeah, I feel like um, when I'm super depressed, I tend to talk to my friends who are also depressed about oh. my depression, which. Yeah. Is a re- I wouldn't advise that right. because it's literally just us being like, yeah, yeah, yeah life sucks. Yeah, life sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that's honestly the same for me. And sometimes I feel like talking to other people that are depressed kind of reminds you that there is this thing happening in your brain chemically that's causing that to happen. It's validating. And so, uh, yeah, it makes it feel a little bit. I, I find that when I talk to people that are not going through it, as, as kind as they can be, um, I, I figure I'm, I'm mostly a bother to them. Because people that maybe have their shit together more or, or just, you know, just better off in a lot of ways, maybe they're just emotionally and mentally stable. They could be just as poor as me, but I still feel that deficit of, like, uh, yeah. you know, the experience. And I don't know. I guess I've been considering vlogging because I have... A couple of friends that get me, but for the most part, I just talk their ear off. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe, maybe even though, you know, the, the, the net is wider, I think that's the point of vlogging sometimes or, or, you know, podcasting in a certain way. It's just, yeah. even this podcast, for example, you know, just getting stuff out and, and the people that want to receive it, they'll receive it. Those that don't will either leave or say something really negative, but yeah. you can always delete it. I just find that it's, it's definitely been interesting hearing my fans from my podcast talk to me. Um, because they don't really know me and, and we don't have extended conversations, but the little bit of like positivity they give me sometimes goes further than someone who's right next to me who's just like, yeah, but you know, you should probably take some responsibility. I'm like, I just told you all the things and I still feel like, <laughs> you know, some people are like, yeah, but you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. It, See it, that I, I like what you said about how you kind of just like try to put like a smile on and, and carry on and let, let anybody know that anything's happening because we've talked in the past about like, inspirational advice that people give and sometimes they'll try to be helpful by telling you like smile more and oh yeah do this and that it's like that's what i fucking do to try to like make it seem like everything's okay exactly. when i'm dying on the inside yeah like i'm the best actress <laughs> on the planet i believe it yeah but no i've made the mistake 
I wouldn't say the mistake. I've just learned not to talk to people who have never dealt with real depression in their lives about it because I do feel like I'm a burden and I feel like they think it's just complaining because they can't possibly conceptualize Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. So they're like, oh, stop whining about how you're sad about nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can't. Or they try and give you a lot of like, maybe you could. That's one of those people right there. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> They'll You're try and be like, why don't you take a hike? Or why don't you do this? Or maybe you should look into other... And it's like, yeah, I know. I know all of that. But exactly. it's, it's not helpful to hear. And that's not something that I feel totally. like I Totally. I completely relate. And I, I find that sometimes those conversations often spiral me into more depression. And yeah. recently, I mean, I, I don't know how... We're pretty cool in this podcast, right? We're open. Yeah. Uh, I've been having suicidal thoughts. Do you guys ever? Have you ever? Really? Yeah, I'm I'm well, that's what I've gotten to. I've like, okay, I'm, I'm afraid of it hurting, but I think this is why, like, I have a medical bracelet on right now. Like, this is fresh. I just feel like there are people who, who have things going for them, and then, you know, what they're dealing with can just not, it, it just won't add up. It doesn't level out. And, and so when, when people talk about suicide, I never really thought much about it myself, but I feel like at, at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, this is what people have been telling me it feels like. It's just, it only gets worse if you don't treat it. Like, I mean, obviously I think there are solutions. I'm not telling everyone sat on the podcast to <laughs> kill themselves. I just find that uh, it's something that hits you like a brick wall. Right. You know, you may not think you're that person or you may think you have your stuff under control. You're like, oh, I got this going for me and that going for me. But it, that doesn't take away from what you're feeling deep down inside. You can have all these other things going for you and you can still have not addressed this like void. And that's what I'm learning. And it's tough telling people while I have things going on because they're like, your life is okay, you know, but it's not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. But it's it's definitely not okay to tell someone that they're okay when they're not. Yeah. It's hard and it is scary to feel that way because I definitely feel like if I, because I'm also terrified of dying and not like that it'll hurt, but just the nothingness of yeah, it, which yeah. is what I assume right. it is. Happens, yeah. um, but I feel like if I wasn't so afraid of dying that I definitely probably would have tried to kill myself exactly. at certain times yeah. in my life. Yeah. So I feel like in those times I more feel like I don't want to be dead but I just don't want to be alive. Yeah, what Which I doesn't necessarily make sense. But I get it though because I tell myself um, in, in different words but the same idea that I don't want to die I just want to kill this version of myself that's like tainted with regret and, and all these things. Like I just want to it, like I watched The Matrix the other day, and that I hits and me so hard. You say, yeah, that. dude, the Oracle. She was telling Neo, like, you're gonna have to make a choice, your life or Morpheus's life. And Neo took that very literally. But then later in the movie, we realized that it was like he had to kill a version of himself. He had to believe in himself more. And as a depressed person, it's hard to hear it, but it, it gives me hope at the same time. I'm like, okay, I don't have to kill myself myself. I just have to find a way to kill this version of myself that makes me want to kill myself. And that, I don't know if there's a solution to that, but that's how it feels for me. I just want to find. Maybe I'll never stop wanting to feel, you know. Never, I'll never stop feeling depressed, but I do feel like there there is hope somewhere. I mean, for me, it's probably meds. People talk a lot about how meds will help, and I, I've been on and off, and therapy I, I always recommend. But, you know, everyone has their own way to restore their own faith, and I just haven't figured it out yet, you know? Yeah, I do think vlogging could be helpful as an outlet because, like, when we very first started this podcast, I was going through some shit, and I was super depressed, yeah. and I did not want to get out of bed, and I never wanted to leave the house, and, like, the only reason I didn't continually cancel on the podcast was because I was, like, I've canceled on David too much, and he just won't even talk to me right, anymore. Right. I, so I, like, literally forced myself to come every week, but it actually was kind of therapeutic for me. Nice. Because, like, getting out of the house and doing something, I was sort of like, all right, like, yeah. I really thought I didn't want to, but it made it a tiny bit better to exactly. talk about other people's fucking problems all night. So thank you. <laughs> that is a really good point. It's, it's helpful for me too. Yeah. I think it is helpful to, to have uh, a place to get your thoughts out. 
And sometimes it is helpful to give advice when you're not in the position to give advice Totally. And I, I like that you mentioned like having a place to get your thoughts out because some people would say, oh, you have a place. You have stand-up. But in stand-up, you have to be funny yeah. on stage. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not the same. if I told everyone my secrets and my depression and I bombed, which is likely the first time, it will kill me. Like I, It will yeah. just crush me. So I have to find an outlet where it's acceptable to just not be funny. And that is a new thing for me. And podcasting, my podcast is political and it's not exactly like my brainchild. Mm -hmm. So I don't have this outlet of like saying whatever I want. And I, I think like you said, vlogging is just something that, that personally I think would help me. Even though some people might think, oh, you're going to get a lot of negative stuff on YouTube regardless. I'm like, well, it's still, it's still something, you know, nothing's perfect. But I just want to feel like I have something I have a, at least more control of in my life than I currently do. Yeah. yeah. Do you sense. feel like the current podcast that you do because you do have to pay so much attention all the time yeah. is making it worse it could be but I think if other things in my life like I don't think it was the start I think there were definitely other things like more personal things in my life that start like I was sexually assaulted last year and I'm still dealing with it I thought I got over it but now I'm getting kicked out of my house essentially because of it and I, I didn't think there were these domino effects of, of things I thought you could you know push it down but I feel like if I had talked more openly to people about what I was going through then I there, the consequences would would have stopped a long time ago yeah i feel like i know what you mean though because i've i don't i don't know what happened to you but i've right. had things happen to me where at the time i sort of like rationalized it it was like maybe it was somehow my fault or maybe it's not that big of a deal and like i didn't know how to feel and then yeah. like a like years later i was like oh yeah. i feel really terrible it kicks in that. full swing yeah yeah, yeah. If you ignore it, I mean, it doesn't go away. And especially if you ignore it and put a smile on your face, by the time it hit, hits you, people are going to be like, well, what are you really crying about anyways? You know? Yeah. And it, it, it sucks. I'm sure people have that feeling in a lot of different areas. And for me, I'm just like, I have not figured it out yet. I'm, I'm still going through it. But I find that I, I have the kind of personality that a lot of people um, have that, that I know. It's like you... You thrive under trauma because you're so used to it. But that is also a very sad thought. You right. know, like... It's just the way it is, I guess, though. Yeah, I, I think I went through that uh, once I moved out of my house and started, like, actually living my own life. Yeah. And then when good things happened, it was just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck this. It's crazy. It's yeah. very crazy. It's I don't know. Do you guys have any, like, mental health things you've been, like, uh, diagnosed for or, like, just yeah, I got Yeah, I got diagnosed for bipolar when I was in high school. Really? Type yeah. 1 or type I didn't 2? know that don't remember okay yeah. they're very similar so it isn't even really i mean it makes a difference when you get medicated but in general i just went from two to one like last week yeah and i was like oh you can do that you can level up <laughs> you know <laughs> it's just oh, give it a second it's an omen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. I hope not. it's been a crazy week i've never felt so depressed but aware of it sometimes you're depressed and you don't know it so yeah. it's like you know you just cry the whole time i've been crying and i'll stop and i'm like oh this is where i am and i'll cry again <laughs> and it's just like a weird feeling uh probably rapid cycling uh bipolar disorder because that's a thing and yeah. I, I just find that everyone has their thing yeah yeah but it's so hard to find the words to tell another individual your thing when they're dealing with their thing and i'm just trying to figure it all out it's crazy and I then life just keeps on going the whole time i know you still got obligation obligations i didn't know that you were bipolar well well i, I was in high school i didn't really continue to see uh, uh a therapist or cured. psychiatrist or anything <laughs> like that and so i kind of just like ignored it for a long time until like later on in life when i kind of made the realization like oh i still have 
depression. I just didn't notice it. But um, I don't have it's. It's definitely not the same thing that I had before. Cause oh. before um, I'd kind of get like a little bit crazy and just like do weird shit, stay up at night and like punch myself in the face and like bipolar <laughs> one. Yeah. 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 So just I just like go through like those waves of mania mm-hmm. constantly, and then once that stopped, I was like, oh, I guess I'm better now. But then I still just felt dead inside. Hypomania. And so yeah. uh, and so then I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm still depressed. I just not the same kind you went through all the phases right there i thought because i stopped punching myself i wasn't depressed anymore it just changes into a different trigger uh i used to rearrange my room when i was a teenager like at 4 a.m when everybody was asleep and it would just drive my mom crazy and she was just like why are you doing this and i didn't know until later that was one of my symptoms and now my episodes are a lot more like grand plans and stuff you know they don't always seem like an action you won't always punch yourself in the face literally sometimes you do it metaphorically you self-sabotage yeah i feel that one too yeah yeah um i i'm I'm on these bipolar uh, Facebook like support groups, which, oh, cool. you know, bless Facebook for this. They got something right. They are so helpful. I don't know if you guys are on any support groups. No. Nah. They're very active. I didn't know Facebook had this whole universe of people that make support groups for, like, if you've been abused by a narcissistic person, there's a group for it. If you have PTSD, just search whatever you have on Facebook and you'll find people. So I've wow. been looking... And they, they tell me, people that have lived their whole life with bipolar disorder, that it never went away. It just changed kind of its style. And they're like elderly people that are saying they didn't learn until later in life that they were never capable of holding a job. They had to get SSI, you know, in their, their later days, but they should have gotten it much sooner. A lot of people that are our age, you know, 20s and 30s, they're on SSI too for things like bipolar because it's the kind of thing that is just now reaching the surface where people are aware of it. And, and now it's, it's okay to get medical leave for it, to not be expected to be normal because of it. I've had to go on short-term disability for depression before. It's real, man. But the shitty thing is, is that my boss will like, we're like, Hold we have like a you? relationship where we like fuck around and stuff. And yeah. he's like, oh, are you going to take another leave? And I'm like, mm, okay. That's like, that It's thing. like, obviously you feel like I was faking it yeah. or something because, yeah. And it's just hard because when you're on disability, it's like, oh, well, why would you go to a bar if you're on disability? I'm like, oh, because drinking helps with depriving mean, it. It doesn't and help with depression. people look at you like, oh, you're just, uh, you, you don't, it's just, they think it's bad behavior more than it's, you know, a mental thing. And I've had that problem too, where it's like, uh, your boss doesn't believe you, you know, especially if you're getting help for it. It's like welfare to them. It's right. like, oh, you just don't, you're just lazy, you know? And I, I, trying to find the words to explain to someone that you're not lazy, that you're just imbalanced is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I still haven't figured out my spiel yet, you know, but it's, it's tough. It's just hard because it's so difficult to properly explain how it feels to, to someone who doesn't feel that way. Like, yeah. Um, so I'll have bouts of major depression, but uh, I've also been diagnosed with dysthymia, which is like basically like a permanent, very low grade level of depression, just like at all times. Okay. Wow. So that kind of sucks. Cause my one psychiatrist was like, yeah, that one's like a lot harder to treat just yeah. cause it's like so always yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So th- I'm like, Oh cool. Awesome. Just, I just live with this now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Jeez. as I've gotten older, like I d- didn't feel really anxious in high school or like my early twenties, I was just mostly depressed, but mm-hmm. now I feel like I'm anxious all the time. Yeah. And I'll just like pick at myself a lot to the point of like wow. I didn't consider it to be like self-mutilation but I'm like I, then I was talking totally. to somebody about it and they're like oh no that is absolutely yeah. and putting a name to it is such a relief I remember before I knew I was bipolar I would have my outburst and it was just crazy not not knowing what's going on but then as soon as you know it doesn't cure you but, but it clicks it does click and it's one of the best things that can happen to someone that's going through it it's just at least knowing what you're going through and that 
largely a lot of people go through these things. Bipolar, uh, what was it called? The one that you dysthymia. Dysthymia. I've heard about it, but I'm sure most people probably haven't. Just don't even know it. Just walking around with that, just sitting in there. But as soon as you you know, it's like night and day almost. But yeah. It's still a huge struggle. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Well, let's find out about some other people whose lives suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might make us feel better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Us feel better about our own situation. All right, Brittany, you want to kick it off? I'll kick it off. Yeah, let me, uh, my computer screen shut off. <laughs> Give me one got second. A really good one today. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> this one's, um, okay. I am female and work for a large, predominantly male company. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Spooky already. Halloween theme. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. ooh, spooky. Yeah. Uh, the other day, it's I walked. time to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) The other day, while getting a coffee from the common area, I ran into my boss's boss, who I have a completely formal relationship with. After literally saying just hi, how are you to him? He said to me, Katie, your name should be Bob. Doesn't seem like you should have a woman's name at all. uh, Apropos of nothing. He went on about how a woman's name didn't suit me. A woman. I was caught off guard. Um, I carried on the conversation as if it didn't bother me, but I deeply regret not telling him he was being inappropriate. I consider myself to be a pretty average woman and I'm absolutely in line with office dress code. I feel incredibly irritated by this comment and the meaning of it totally eludes me. I have a feeling uh, never in a thousand years would he say to my male colleague, Mike, your name should be Tiffany. You're not really manly at all. All I can conclude is that my boss's boss has a serious etiquette problem. What should I do, if anything? Oof. Wow. That's a rough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. I am glad that we got a <laughs> I'm glad we got a question about uh misogyny. If that's <laughs> what this would fall into that uh Definitely. Yeah. So I, I struggle with misogyny too. I, I mean I, every woman does. Um that one is interesting because I've never heard someone tell a woman she should have a man's name and the and the implication is that it's like saying, um, you're a bro, like you you've you're one of us now. You're no longer that like silly weak woman like we should now give you a new name to represent your broness it's like he was trying to be sweet but like he couldn't shake that jockey <laughs> male traditional like just it's like i don't know it's it's definitely still frustrating but i i don't know what do you guys think i think he probably thought he meant it as a con a compliment right like you seem like a strong person who and has all of your stuff together and it's like a, it, yeah because what it means is that being feminine is not confident and, and not effective in getting your shit together. Right. Or that there's something wrong with seeming like a woman. Yeah. Um, That's the most bizarre way I've ever heard someone like express their misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> your name should be Bob. Wow. wow. It's a tough one because I, first of all, I don't know how to like confront people, especially those that are in power in these types of situations. I honestly and just I feel like it would have been so easy and she should have right in the moment just been like, oh, why? Yeah. Exactly. And just really get to the bottom. It's like when someone uh, like gives you any kind of insult, they say, just ask them like, you know, why? What does that mean? Like, so what? Like, because they never can explain themselves. Yeah, they'll, then they'll immediately start going, oh, oh, well, uh, yeah, I just yeah. uh, meant. But choosing your battles is also important because this is her boss. Yeah. Boss is And that's tough. So, yeah. I hate that. I, I basically just feel like this guy is, uh, he should know better. I mean, I, adults should know better. But I guess let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that he doesn't realize what he's doing. She 
doesn't even have the position, in my opinion, to confront him about it unless you're the kind of person that does. I am not that type. Like, if my boss says something offensive to me, I think on, I sleep on him before I decide how I'm going to address it, if at all. Because yeah. some bosses don't even want you to speak back to them no matter what you say, whether you're right or wrong. And, and I have had those bosses. So if this is that kind of guy, or even if he's not, she may be afraid of what's going to happen if she just confronts him about something that, that is so obvious to, to us, you know, that she, she has the right to do. But that doesn't mean she's not going to regret it. Yeah, it's hard to say because I don't know how much she need this needs this job, what the job means to her. Right. For me, if I believe in something strongly, I'm willing to get fired over it. Good. So I think that's beautiful. I feel like I have definitely walked away from jobs, but I also have been in positions where I couldn't. You know, it's like yeah. if you have the, the chance, hell yeah, it's more power to you. A lot of people just don't. And that's the sad thing is that we don't have a lot of options as, as we would like to think. Do you yeah. think it would be possible for her to use this as like a teaching moment for him and him not get offended to the point where he might fire her? Like if she was like, hey, I just want to know what you meant by that because it kind of bothered me and maybe I took it the wrong way sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, no. that's... it's No? Okay, okay, I'd love to hear this. Go ahead, David. I just feel like you waste so much energy sometimes trying to change like older people that have their minds set a certain way. And I feel like there's certain people like, if I try to challenge my grandma on any belief, no matter how wrong and how ridiculous it is, there's just no changing it. And like I'm never going to, not yeah. even your boss, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Not even somebody that could be like, you know, just screw you, yeah. you know? But yeah. Yeah. And it's the same for like a bunch of older people like that. It's like you, uh, what can you do? You can argue with them all day, but they just don't understand it. I think this could be different if he explained like, oh no, I just meant like you seem very confident and you seem very put together and and for her to be like, well, that's offensive because this, right. he could possibly be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yes, and that's a best all. case scenario. It and really is, yeah, yeah. And I feel like this guy isn't your grandma, like this guy is somebody who is managing people at a high level. Dude. He should be open to criticism and like if I were him, I would be like, shit, I want to know if I'm deeply offending the people yeah. that I'm managing you and you would, be, should. Yeah, I think you're a better person because of it. I think you're even <laughs> a rare breed, Brittany. I, I don't <laughs> mean that as in like you don't know what you're talking about because I'm sure you have a lot of experiences in the workforce. Some people, it's a challenge that they are not prepared to take on even a, a remote challenge like hey did you mean that because that's not right they they likely will take too too much offense to it and it's a gamble i mean yeah. this, it depends on the relationship between this person and their boss but i ha having seen all the different bosses i've been with there are people like you but they're rare Brittany. like most of them i think they get very easily challenged and i i hate that about people especially but dudes yeah, yeah but it happens and I, I, I would just recommend that if this person is going to approach them, I would just sleep on it because, and maybe they already have, you know, but, but I find that whenever I have tried to approach this person, it's backfired. And then I realize that that's because they're not going to change. But yeah. it's, it's, oh man, it's so tricky. I would just recommend if they are going to approach him to be strong in your convictions and have a valid well thought out way to explain why what he said bothered you because mm -hmm. the only time I will not bring up to somebody that they offended me mm -hmm. is when I don't know how to properly explain why I'm offended. That's a good, good rule to have. So, yeah. Yeah. So I know that if I bring it up and I'm like, well, cause I was just offended. You know what I mean? So Dude, if I, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I can't vocalize it or articulate it, then to me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, I'll just let it go yeah. sort of thing. 
I don't know this boss, but man, I'm I'm reluctant with bosses. I'm also a <laughs> black woman. I feel like that sometimes you never know if that's a pl- in play, but but I I find people don't like it when I express my opinions to them, even if I have my ideas put together and I'm very calm and polite. It's a challenge that they don't want to take on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Some deep shit right there. It sucks. I wish everybody was like you, Brittany. I swear to God, that's exactly <laughs> how yeah, it should but be. Now I'm like our. Am I like me because I'm a white woman and I feel like I can be? I mean, probably. But I've met some white women who, oh, snap. I've met some white women who also, um, they fall under that category of of, of narcissistic and just not being capable of of accepting a challenge. It really depends on what individual you're dealing with. And and that's why I guess this person would would know for sure. Because we've given them a lot of options. Like, I like your your advice. You know, be strong in your convictions. I also like my advice, which is if you want to cower away, I totally support that. And I get it also. Yeah, yeah. So, So it really depends on like you know what their dynamic is and and i hope i ooh, they would give me so much faith if she approached him and he actually was like i'm so sorry i'm very like what's the word skeptical yeah so skeptical i'm not usually a skeptical person too it's like i'm going through some shit right now so maybe that's a part of it i'm just thinking dark man it sucks yeah yeah i have had a not a similar situation but there was a time at work where somebody that i let i was, was managing um we were at a separate like outside function and mm-hmm. I made a joke about something at work and right. then later they were like, Hey, that kind of bothered me and I was like, Oh crap, like I am so sorry. Yeah. Like I didn't know that you would take it that way. And it's like That's I mean I wanted be. I would for me, I would want to know I'm glad that they didn't harbor that resentment Absolutely. around towards me because now we could move on in our professional relationship yeah. as opposed to this person who would probably just hate me exactly yeah like maybe the boss doesn't want this employee to to keep thinking this in her head he prefer she come to him about this and that's that's why i say it's probably just even if she thinks she knows what it is it may turn out to be another thing and that's why i'm saying maybe your approach is the best approach because she hasn't tried it yet and then once she tries it she'll know for sure And, and he probably won't fire her for this one thing if she approaches him calmly but at least she'll know how he responds to these kind of things you know she can go in knowing that he might say well, suck it up. But she might still have her job. And if she can live with that, then, you know, that's that's what I think would pro- happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we had anonymous feedback that this happens for all of the people in leadership positions at my work. They send out questionnaires with anonymous feed. Like yeah. it's all anonymous when they return it about yeah, me. Right. So they have to rate you like one to five. Five is the highest for certain categories. Mm-hmm. And there was one like, do you feel like this leader treats you with respect? And everybody gave me fives. Nice. Yeah. I would also give uh, a boss a five that I was afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> the fear is real. But I don't think anybody would be afraid of you. You're so sweet. Oh, yeah. like, well. <laughs> well, okay. This, they won't be unnecessarily. great things. For yeah, yeah. Reasons, unnecessarily. Uh, it's just like today. these things are truly anonymous and there's no way to really tell. But I have also given people false ratings because I'm like, they're going to, they'll, they'll know. Right. But I also feel like just by the sound of it, you know, you come off as someone who doesn't struggle with the things that the bosses that I've been in contact with struggle with. You already are being open about it. Whereas I've heard people, you know, that think, you know, I've heard narcissists talk about being open minded and it's like they're trying to tell you what you want to hear. I'm like, oh, you don't even fundamentally understand what being open minded means. You're just like, you know, someone who just hears something that, that sounds nice and they repeat it. You know, yeah. those people, I think you can tell. And, and you don't come off as that. But also that boss, she won't know until she has to talk with him, you know. Yep. Agreed. Right. Well, then talk to your boss then. That's yeah, the I, <laughs> it, it can't it, it can't hurt any more than like it's probably hurting her inside right now to just keep this in. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Like I could be more personable with the people that I lead because I kind of keep to myself all day. But if somebody told me that that's what they wanted from me. 
then I would give that that's to That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. That restores my faith. <laughs> like, oh, that's good. Absolutely. All right. This is, gonna, this is a good one. <laughs> um, so this is a person saying, I live in a, one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the country, but oh. one of the more modest streets, <laughs> mostly doctors and lawyers and oh. family business owners. A few blocks away are billionaires' families with last names and media moguls. I have noticed that on Halloween, what seemed like 75% of the trick-or-treaters are clearly not from this neighborhood. Kids arrive overflowing in cars from less fortunate areas. I feel this is... (laughs) Uh, I feel like this is inappropriate. Halloween isn't a social service or a charity in which I have to buy candy for less fortunate children. Obviously, this makes me feel like a terrible person because what's the big deal about making less fortunate kids happy on a holiday? But it just bugs me because we already pay more than enough taxes toward actual social services. Should Halloween be a neighborhood activity or is it legitimately a free-for-all in which people hunt down the best candy grounds for their kids? It's legitimately (laughs) a free-for-all. I'm actually super angry. Like the whole time you were asking this question, I just felt my blood boiling. (laughs) Like it's not some charity. Yeah, it is. You give out free candy. Yeah. It's charity. What does it matter if they're less fortunate or not? Yeah. That that there's like, oh, there needs to be like a... A person blocking to make sure only kids that live in this neighborhood yeah. are getting or benefiting from the candy. They want a wall. Like, you just want to give your candy <laughs> to some little kid named Brock who's going to be like, ugh, my parents have better candy. Fuck this candy and, like, throw it at your house. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I say this just sounds like the whole, like, class divide issue when it comes to even healthcare as an example. People don't want to, to give to yeah, people yeah, that they, they think don't deserve it so they're saying the kids in their neighborhood deserve the candy because they're they're you know probably more civil you know probably aren't mooches in their opinion and then you know obviously they probably look the way they want them to look but <laughs> i was someone who never trick-or-treated in my neighborhood i didn't always have a neighborhood sometimes i would trick-or-treat when i was homeless and it was great it was the best night of my of the year you know like i never thought about that. yeah yeah i mean you're telling me that you would turn away a homeless kid like come on like what where's your heart i think this is someone who is probably a pull yourself by the bootstraps kind of person and maybe they're not but this is what i'm feeling it's like just that innate sense of like they may not know what it's like for someone to just want to get candy because they don't have anything else and it, it's supposed to be a free for all it's halloween it's a national holiday you know like it's and the kids aren't trying to exploit yeah. anything. They're really. not trying to sneak in your house and peek out what you got in the living room. But I'm coming back to this one for the TV. Like, no, they already know you're rich. They know where you live. They just want candy. Yeah. You're giving it candy away. They just want candy. You know? It's more valuable to them yeah. than anything else, probably. I, I, yeah. As a black person, it, it's like, or it, just any minority, I think, would understand that. That's just sad to think that Halloween is a topic of content, content, contention for them. And then yeah. you have all these other more serious things like taxes welfare health care you know yeah. like the minimum wage like if they feel this strongly about giving away candy they probably feel more strongly about things like obamacare <laughs> which yeah. Oh, yeah. someone exactly. like me wouldn't be able to go to the you know doctor and see yeah. get antipsychotics to calm me down I, I do feel personally attacked by this because i was one of those kids that would go to the rich white neighborhoods to get candy because <laughs> nobody trick-or-treated in my neighborhood right yeah or, or like people didn't give out candy like it just wasn't a thing mm-hmm. But also, like, even in the nice neighborhoods, not everybody gives out candy. Like, if it bothers you that much, just don't give out candy. Exactly. Just turn your lights off There's and just be that. There's plenty of people that will give out candy. Yeah. Just leave it at that unless you want to make a proposition for the midterms in two years that says no candy to poor kids or whatever. <laughs> like, how serious are you about this? I guess it, the fact that they're reaching out, you know, they obviously feel a certain way. And, and I, 
I guess I do appreciate the insight. You know, I, I never <laughs> considered someone being so. I feel like maybe they're just looking for validation that what they feel is okay. Yeah, like, I, uh, wrong yeah. podcast for that. We're all kind of poor. <laughs> kind of poor, at least, right? We're, we're all kind of poor. I'm pretty poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, so, I don't have so, a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, everyone on this podcast is offended by that. And uh, But, you know, I, I do appreciate them feeling comfortable enough. Um, to, to mention it I, I don't I feel like they should keep that kind of thing to themselves no. okay it's, it's almost <laughs> like um, it's almost like this person is on the brink of being a bit prejudiced they're not full on there because they didn't say anything to me it, you know reading between the lines yeah, who knows it's but a little implied <laughs> I don't know the level of callousness yeah is yeah. it's like is how really do they like how does she know that they're not from the neighborhood. Right. The oh, fact that point, that would point. ever make anyone angry is just really outrageous to me. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's a tough one. I guess this could be like a teaching moment, like you said, Brittany, with the last one. In this case, we could be like, hey, maybe shitting on them probably isn't going to make them a better person, <laughs> but we could let them know that this is like borderline prejudice, if not full on, to the point where they probably didn't think of themselves as prejudiced. They probably just thought, I just don't like these kids. Nothing to do with their class or their, their clothes <laughs> or their skin. But when you really think about it, why don't you want to? Okay, so for this part of the podcast, there is a guy uh, who is wrapped in big metal chains, riding a bicycle with a huge cut on his leg, and he's going to come up and ask uh, Brittany whether or not his giant cut looks bad. It looks bad. I'm a little drunk right now. It looks bad. I do not. All right, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is a really good conversation. No, 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 it's fine. We'll probably continue on for a little longer, but... That was gnarly. Did you guys see that? I didn't get to see, like, a really good look at it, I did look at it, and I, I immediately blood. turned I was away. Like, That's bad enough. It yeah. was bad. Yeah. I know. I saw bone. I saw bone, too. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, a hole in his leg. It it's was very like, appropriate for the Halloween episode. It was cool. <laughs> it was... I... <laughs> <laughs> I like stuff like that, but in person, whoa. <laughs> yeah, a little tense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that was pretty much the advice for that person was uh, get a heart. Yeah. You're a terrible person. And c- keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> Feel bad about it. You were almost there. You felt bad about it. You, s- you knew you sounded like a terrible person and you are a terrible person. Yes. Um, that so get your was cor- a correct thought. Yes, okay, cool. All right, well... Um, we're going to keep going, but, uh, Jaleesa has to go. So I do. I'm so sorry. Do, I just got to do, do a show. Do you want to quick plugs before you head out? Sure. Yeah. If you guys are into podcasts, um, you can check out Muller She Wrote. It's everywhere. And, uh, also I have a show. It's, it's not really a local podcast, right? You guys do all kinds of reviews. So it's like, they're probably not in San Diego. Exactly. Well, well a lot of the people that listen probably are local. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a local show every third Tuesday of the month, uh, at Hillcrest. It's called Hillcrest Comedy. It's in Hillcrest at uh, <laughs> Martini's Above Fourth. So you can Google that. And yeah, I'm going to go to the store tonight. So just see me wherever you see me. Yeah, check nice. out Julie, so she's all over the place. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. I don't want to leave. I promise. <laughs> I'm just going to moonwalk out of here, though. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Thanks for coming by. Of course. Thank you. Have That's a good set. Oh, yeah. I feel much more prepared. I but he was a little drunk, but I feel like I would have to be unconscious to not realize the level of pain that that looks like well he must have been really fucking drunk then yeah he, <laughs> well, he was on other some some other shit too he's like, like covered in chains yeah he was he was i would cross the street if i were walking towards him <laughs> <laughs> i would no that's fair yeah look like a scary dude yeah something's up to i don't know if it's the full moon or whatever but uh 
Do you believe in that? No. <laughs> but the fact that this is happening is not helping my theory out that mm-hmm. the moon doesn't affect anything. David is really into, um, <laughs> what is it called? What is Astrology and the full moon affecting people's moods. People keep saying shit online and I hate it. And now that stuff like this is happening, it's like, fuck. Like if I was to tell this story... Somebody would somebody, say that somebody that's would why. say something about the moon, and I, I um I actually to think about that. I have a friend that me and a couple of my other friends endlessly annoy because we pretend that we believe that the moon affects people's oh, moods, okay. and he hates it. And so I'm definitely going to use this to bother him. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Really excited. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have another question? I do. So this is oh gosh. Um, uh, Okay. My 90-something mother is in a nursing home with dementia. I visit a couple times a week, which is hard because she doesn't know who I am. I send cards to family with sentiments I know she would feel. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations on your new job. Signed, Grandma's Scribe. My true purpose is to get them to send her a note or flowers, little niceties that brighten her day, even if she only remembers them for five minutes. I'm a little angry that faraway family seem to have forgotten her, but I don't see a point in directly confronting them. What do you think? Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, you can't, I I understand that they're related to this person, but if they just don't have that emotional connection to them anymore and they don't want or have the urge to do it, then I feel like there's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, I know that's terrible to think that you have family that has become so detached, but I feel like it happens. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's that much that you can do about it. Yeah. I personally think it's a little, I don't know if I would say odd because I guess the reason she's doing it is nice, but I don't really like that she sends people letters from the grandma. Like, because to me, if I, as like, if somebody sent me a letter from my grandma who I knew had dementia and it wasn't from them, that would just make me sad. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like if I had dementia, I wouldn't want people to send letters from me sort of thing. I I I just don't don't really like the, I don't know. I feel like every time I got one of those, I would be like, really? Come on. Like, yeah, exactly. I think it would just be more effective issues. Like, Hey, I visit grandma all the time. Like she would, I think it would really brighten her day. If you guys like sent her flowers or called for a second, you know what I mean? I don't think that would be weird or out of line to say, but I think to kind of passive aggressively send these people Mm -hmm. notes from grandma in hopes that they just get the hint that what you (laughs) want them to do is send letters back back or flowers is a little weird to me. Uh, It's it's very hard because I have a 94 year old grandma and when she was living in Mexico spooky she would all like like, very (laughs) scary down there uh she would like ask us to call her sometimes and i don't think i did but it's just kind of weird because like i never really had that much connection to her because she was always in another country yeah and my my spanish isn't great uh like i can speak it pretty well but not enough to have like a real conversation with somebody. Like I could say, hi, how are you doing? Yeah. This and that. But I don't know. Like, I I don't know how these relatives feel. Like maybe they would be sad if their grandma passed away, but 
I think sometimes you just get caught up with life and you don't pay attention to stuff like that. And people that are not like directly involved with you all the time, you kind of let, uh, you know, for better or worse, you kind of tend to lose touch and feel disassociated with disassociated with them. And so I think it's just, it's, it's, it sucks, but it is kind of life. I don't know if you can do anything about making people like, you know, pay attention to the people that are still here. Yeah. And I think it's even because uh, my grandma is also very old. She's maybe 94 as well. Mm. And I, uh, I feel bad that I don't call her, but at the same time, it's like, Oh, I don't want to have to like yell a conversation over the phone. And she's still pretty with it, but she is hard of hearing. And then it's like, it's going to be a struggle. And half the time, I don't really think she even wants to be on the phone to begin with. Like, I am going to visit her in Wisconsin in December. So that's cool. But it's like even these people in our lives who don't have dementia, who would recognize if we called them, we struggle with. So I'm sure these people have the very human feeling that I'm sucks. But it's like, she's not going to know anyway. Yeah sort of thing which sounds horrible but i i feel like it's completely human to think that it is i and i i wish i was a better person that actually gave a fuck about stuff like that but i yeah my grandma's here now i say hi to her when i visit my mom but we're not super close i know she's my grandma but i don't know what to do about that yeah but even people that i like and would like to see more often i don't reach out to or say hi to them or whatever like if we weren't doing this podcast i'd probably never talk to you again (laughs) we talk on (laughs) facebook all the time (laughs) yeah that's fair but you know that does definitely helps yeah for sure um oh gosh i was gonna say something and then it completely left my mind do you have dementia Maybe. No, I was going to say, I do feel like I'm fairly, like, as close as I probably could be with a grandmother that didn't live in the same state as me. But I just feel like we're not going to get anything out of the phone call interactions at this point. When she was a little bit younger, I would talk to her on the phone pretty frequently. But now I don't, gosh, this sounds so bad, but I don't feel like on a day-to-day basis she realizes that she's missing me calling her, you know what I mean? So it's going to be a struggle for both of us. Yeah. And it's like, I would rather just go visit her. Definitely. And at the same time, I feel so bad because I get sad all the time thinking about my kids getting not calling older. Me. Well, yeah, getting older and forgetting about me and not caring about me anymore. I know. That's a hard thought. It hurts so much. Oh. Like, it makes me sad all the time. It keeps me from enjoying like their existence now because I'm like, fuck, they're going to get like, but this they're going to start dating. They're going to start like getting friends. They're going to like, like people ask me all the time about like, like Athena dating, but like, I care more about the fact that they're going to make friends that they'd rather hang out with and feel closer to and feel closer to than me. That makes total sense. It's so brutal. Gosh, I mean, if it makes (gasps) you feel better, my mom is still my favorite person. I, I see that, yeah, and I you have told me that before, and that'd be cool if they still love me that much when they're your age, but um, I don't know if they will. I hope they do. I mean, I definitely hang out with my friends more than my mom. Yeah. But well, it's tough to hang out with your parents. You know, it's definitely going to be less, and yeah. it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I, by that time you'll be like, God, get out of the house. Like, I don't want you around all the time. It's possible, I guess. I don't want it to get to that point. Yeah. I want them to stay little. <laughs> I know. I just feel like things like that where you're like, oh, I never wanted to change. When it does start changing, it's just such a natural progression that like, 
it, you pro- it probably won't affect you because you'll probably grow as they're growing. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, that just sounds like when people tell me like, oh, when you die, it won't matter. I know. Because you won't know oh, that you're just I know. like, I will know. <laughs> I will care and I'll know. <laughs> I'll know how sad I am and scared after. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. Just ignore me. (laughs) I mean, that's all comforting. And I, 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 well, some, I would like to believe that those are all comforting thoughts in theory. I just don't know if I fully believe it deep down in my heart. Oh, you should virgin suicide your kids and never let them leave the house (laughs) and just keep them in a room and they'll hang out with you. No, because I also want them to like, you know, have a happy existence. I think they had records. They did play music for them. We got a a record player recently. See, you're on your way. But then that wouldn't necessarily make us have, like, a good relationship. If they didn't know any different. They would resent me, and then they'd kill themselves, and so that would defeat the purpose of the whole thing. I think you could do it a right way. (laughs) Like a middle ground of aversion suicides? (laughs) I think you can make it work. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Okay. All right, this is a long question, but it's good. (laughs) It's just Wait, you just went. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you asked the question about dementia. Yeah. Grandma, right. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is this a sign? Okay. Um, let's see. So there's another Halloween-themed one, okay? Yeah. Uh, so every year we go all out on Halloween. Our yard is littered with bones and gravestones. We've got ghosts in the trees and creepy figures in the windows. Spooky. The problem I is that... I spooky like a million <laughs> times throughout the podcast. Should we do the monster mesh for opening theme this week? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the problem is that last week, the nice neighbor lady asked us if we could consider not decorating our home because her son can see it from his bedroom and it gave him nightmares last year. <laughs> she was really polite and I told her we'd think about it. Any advice? <laughs> no. I mean, gosh. That's hard because how do you, t- I'm sure both of them are nice people. Yeah. So how do you tell your neighbor, like, I don't give a shit that your son is afraid <laughs> of our decorations. Um, I don't know how you tell them that, but you can also think that and carry about your life with knowledge and that attitude because what the fuck? I mean, he could just not look out the window. I guess when you're a kid, though, you like know it's out there and you're really scared still. Yeah, I guess I'm going to say that this kid's a fucking... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that this, this is life. You cannot shield your child from Halloween. Yeah. Halloween can be scary. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take them out trick-or-treating, they're going to see houses that are decorated just like this one. Mm-hmm. And so what are you going to do? Yeah, my dad carried me through a haunted house when I was a kid. It was the Star of India. I don't know if they still do, do this, but every year they made it into like a haunted Star of India and they had... Wait, where at? Like the Star of India downtown, the ship. Oh, okay. Um, and they set it up as a haunted house. And before we went in, I, I don't even know how old I was, maybe like six. Jesus. I decided I don't want to go anymore. I was too scared. I couldn't do it. And then my dad was like, I'll carry you the whole way through. And the entire way through, I just kept screaming, don't scare me. Don't scare me. Don't scare me. And like, I probably ruined, I'm sure I ruined it for everybody that was walking through around me. I remember this one guy, I don't even know how, I was so young, but I remember one guy in costume was like, I won't scare you. I'm not going to, I promise. That's so funny. (laughs) 
I was sc- and now I am not afraid of any scary movies. So maybe it works. Yeah. That I, I, I showed my little sister Halloween when she was like a f- five, maybe she was little. I was young also. So it's not like I was like a like older person being like, Hey, check out the scary movie. That's like super violent has sex in it. I was also a kid, Yeah, <laughs> but I made her watch it and we used to watch Halloween all the time. She fucking loves scary movies now. Mm-hmm. They're my favorite genre. And my, me and my kids watch scary movies too. Yeah. So tell your kids to stop being a bitch. Yeah, he already saw it last year and yeah. had nightmares, so maybe he will Got have gotten used it. to it. Yeah. I just think that is such a crazy request, though. Yeah. I would never dream to ask. I mean, I don't know. I don't have kids, so I don't know like how far out of my comfort zone I would go for them. But to me, that just is its so out of line to ask somebody to change, change their decorations. What, yeah. yeah, I feel like you don't, you shouldn't, the person shouldn't feel conflicted about telling this or not changing the decorations for this person because that's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I think it sucks that they put that on you when really they should be the ones talking to their kid and making the kid feel okay about it. Yeah, it's like, hey, they're just fucking decorations. Yeah, like it's, you know, when kids get scared of movies, it's just a movie, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, what whatever. I, what I did, because um, my kid got scared, uh, Hugo, uh, by um, by the puppet from Goosebumps. What a little bit. I'm <laughs> no, that puppet scary. <laughs> well, from the, not not from the TV show, from the, the movie that came out recently, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he was like saying that he was having bad dreams about Slappy, and so I showed him a YouTube video that had like a behind the scenes where they have the puppet, like obviously just a special effect to show him like, hey, it's it's just pretend, like here is the guy interacting with him offset like it's i feel not like that thing. still could have scared me <laughs> still scared you to see that it's I just like know. a fucking i don't know what the video of the behind the scenes looked like but he was just like you know behind the scenes footage but there's not like it's all dark it's like lit because they have scenes that are shot during the day for nighttime and so it's just like a totally different situation yeah i don't know like them realizing that people are actors has done a lot for them as well yeah because now they're noticing like oh this person's in this movie and i noticed that they were also in that movie and so them like knowing they're like wait a minute yeah because they they watched the uh, a part of it uh, the other day and uh my son said that he had a bad dream but then when he was talking to me about it said oh but it's just like makeups and, and like just actors and makeup right and they're like yeah and I, f- I feel like that helps them. So you should just tell them it's not fucking real. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, might help to have that conversation. And, you know, I feel like there's something gained from being scared sometimes. I don't know what it is, but I feel like if you live a life completely devoid of fear, it's probably not good. I was well, scared a lot when I was a kid. Probably you? builds character. Yeah, I was terrified. I've told you that I was terrified to either be upstairs or... Or downstairs. You didn't tell me that, but I heard it on one of your podcasts. Oh. And I remember talking to you about that because I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I was scared <laughs> to be on whatever level of my house <laughs> by myself. If no one else was upstairs or no one else was downstairs, yeah. I was terrified. I don't know why. I was terrified to stay home alone for a long time. I was terrified to sleep in my room without a nightlight. Yeah. And even with the nightlight, I would make my mom sit in my room until I fell asleep. And wow. I would like try and coil my arm around her because I didn't want her to leave. And like I wanted to wake up if she tried to leave. I would have been very <sighs> annoyed by you. I almost, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she was. I, my mom has the most patience. Like, Aww. bless her heart. Well, I, that's probably I, why you guys get along so well. I was chair. Oh, it's probably because I watched a lot of scary movies when I was a kid, though. Really? Honestly, yeah. That had the reverse effect on me. I used to love watching, and I would challenge myself. Like, when I was really, really little, I remember 
um, uh, one of the child's play movies was playing on TV. This is okay. And so I would, I like went into my parents' room and had all the lights off and I like put the movie on and sat in a, my dad's chair because he had a recliner inside of his room and watched it by myself. And I kind of like left the door open a little bit to see if like I could like handle it. Uh, and if, if something got too scary, then I would go and walk out into the hallway. But then I'd come back to see if like, I could continue like, to I'm watch it. I'm just going to take a walk. <laughs> uh, I also, I completely forgot about this until right now. This is embarrassing. I used to be terrified to take a shower by myself. So I would make my mom sit in the bathroom while I showered. Oh. I mean, this is all when I was like a, like elementary school yeah. kid. But that happened to my brother too because he saw the first It where the clown comes out of the, the, the shower and so he saw that scene and freaked out. And so we would have to stand by the door when he was showering for a little while. I wasn't afraid of that. I don't know what movie it was. It might have been a Chucky or like a child's played mo- movie. But I was afraid that someone was on the other side of the shower curtain. Maybe oh, it was psycho? psycho. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But so I was like, and she had to keep talking to me the entire shower. So I knew it wasn't just like a figure. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I didn't realize I was. I mean, when I say it all together, I'm like, yeah. oh my god, I was afraid of so much so when much. I was a kid. It's oh weird. God. That would have driven me crazy. Yeah, because I don't think of myself like when I think about my childhood. I don't think of it how as scared being you were scared. all the time. Yeah, I don't. That I mean, I got. Yeah, I think a lot of things are scary when you're little. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess I had a lot of stuff like that too, but I don't think I was ever like, I think like any kid, like I was afraid to go outside, like even at night, if I needed to grab something out of the car, like I was afraid to go outside to get it or things like that, which my kids are also afraid of. Yeah. There's stuff like that. That's normal. I don't know if I was like unusually scared of things. Although I, I guess I, I was in like, like, I was always afraid to go in the ocean. Well, I think that's normal. Yeah. Or I think that's valid at least. Yeah. Because that can actually do something to you. I don't know what being downstairs by myself would have done to me. (laughs) Do you think it would have helped for your mom to have a little less patience? Or you think it was like the perfect amount? Or she handled you the right way? Um, Whatever she did, I I don't know. I think it depends on the person probably because... um, I turned out fine. Like, I'm not scared of things like that. You know, I'm not a petrified person. So it worked out. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think it was fine. Yeah. You don't think it was a, if if you had a kid, do you think you you would have done the same thing then? Just like been very patient or you would have tried to enable them a little bit less? I think I would probably enable them a little bit less, but I, I really think it, it depends. I don't think there's one right thing to do because I could see it going either way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess every kids, all kids are different. I know like even between Hugo and Athena, I have to do th- things differently with them because he was extremely sensitive. Mm. It's a little softy. Aw, that's <laughs> so cute. Okay. Let me pull it up because I know it's my turn this time. It is your turn this time. Okay. It's long. I'm a... M- Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is not working. Um, I'm the manager of a customer service team of about 10 to 12 members. Most of the team members are right out of school, and this is their first professional job, and their ages range from 22 to 24. I'm about 10 years older than all of my employees. We have a great team and a great working relationship. They all do great work, and we have established a great team culture. Well, a couple of months ago, I noticed something odd that my team and other employees in the building started doing. They would see each other in the hallways or break room and say, quack, quack, like a duck. 
I assumed this was an inside joke and thought nothing of it and wrote it off as a playful silliness or thought I perhaps missed a moment in a recent movie or TV show to which the quacks were referring. Fast forward a few months, I needed to do some printing and our printer is in a room that can be locked by anyone when it is in use. Our team often has large volumes of printing they need to do and it helps to be able to sort things in there by yourself. Um, the door had been locked the entire day and this was around noon and as the manager I have a key to the door in case someone forgot to unlock it when they left. I walked in and there were two of my employees on the couch in the copier room having sex. I immediately closed the door and left. This was last week and as you can imagine, things are very awkward between the three of us. I haven't addressed the situation yet because of a few factors. This was during both of their lunch hours. They were not doing this on the clock. Uh, we have an understanding that you can go or do anything on your lunch that you want as long as you're back after an hour. Also, as you mentioned in your answer last week to the person who, was over, who overheard their coworker involved in adult activities, these people are adults and old enough to make their own choices. But that's not the end of the story. That same day, after my team had left, I was wrapping up and putting a meeting agenda on each of their desks for a meeting the next day. Out in broad daylight on the guy's desk, one of the employees I had caught in the printing room was a piece of paper at the top that said Duck Club. Underneath it, it had a list of locations of places in and around the office, followed by points. 25 points, president's desk. 10 points, car and parking lot. 20 points, copier room, etc. So here's my theory about what is going on, and I think I am right. This Duck Club is a club people at work uh, or is a club for people at work where people get points for having sex in these locations around the office. I think that is also where the quacking comes into play. Perhaps this is some weird mating call between members to let them know they want to get some points with the other person and if they quack back they meet up somewhere to score. The two I caught in the copier room I have heard quacking before. I know this is all extremely weird. I wasn't even sure I wanted to write you because of how weird this seems. I have no idea what to do. As I mentioned above they weren't on the clock when this happened. They're all adults and technically I broke a rule by entering the copy room when it was locked and would have never caught them had I obeyed that rule. The only company rule I can think of uh, that these two broke is using the copier room for other purposes, preventing someone else from using it. I would love to know your opinion on this. I tend to want to sweep things under the rug because I'm kind of a shy person and would be extremely embarrassed to bring it up. How how is this person even questioning that this is wrong? I don't know. Isn't That's it so crazy? crazy, dude? Like technically, they didn't break, break any, any rules. rules. They were off the clock, dude. You're fucking at work. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. I think it's <laughs> totally hot if you're in a relationship with somebody at work to sneak off and try and have sex somewhere. Uh -huh. But if I got caught doing that, I would. Fully expect and completely understand that I would be fired. Yeah, that's like kind of the danger. That's why people kind of do that sometimes. It's like, oh, we could get caught. It's kind of dangerous, whatever. Yeah, sure. I understand people wanting to do it. But yeah, you're not supposed to, though. Right. And I'm not saying I don't know that I would. But it's just, it is so insane to me. Like, they're adults. They were on their lunch break. They're on company property. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, it, it shouldn't be so difficult. Like, I think and unless your coworkers are crazy people, you should be able to be like, hey, how about we, like, don't fuck at work? I mean, I would fire them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that too. But if, if this person's really, like, th like, they feel like it's like, oh, it wasn't a big deal because of the, this and this or whatever, I feel like at least you should say that. 
Or yes. if you want to do more, that's also understandable. But you can't just be like, oh, it wasn't a big deal because, you know, what? No, this just Well, there's also ridiculous. the whole duck club aspect that's of it. Like, clearly that is also. what is going on. Yeah. And they're making a game about that at uh-huh. work. I mean, I would eat, these people need to be fired. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. But if the person really, like, likes their team so much and feels like they didn't do anything that bad and blah, 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 then then just tell them to stop. You're... Uh, you're in charge. You can tell them not to have sex at work. Yeah. And I don't think anybody should be arguing that. No. I mean, if these people are like, oh, what a hard ass, then you need to fire them. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking crazy that anybody would think that or think that this is acceptable. Yeah. And the only rule they broke was preventing people from using the copyright. Yeah. Yes. That's, you guys were fucking, so people could not do their job. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's one. I can't think of any job where they you'd get caught having sex there, and they'd just be like, "Oh, well, you were on your lunch, so it's okay." Like what? Even my work, which is extremely, extremely, extremely lax. Yeah. Uh, we all get along. We all party. Yeah. I'm fairly confident that if I got caught having sex anywhere in that office, I would be fired. Yeah. Depending on who caught me, but like a leader in the company yeah Yeah. i mean that just makes sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like how they're like if anything it's my fault yeah no no, it's so dumb and how sad they're not in the club i know what do you think oh (laughs) that's people like oh i wonder if he's gonna walk around and be like quack oh that's rough (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah grow some balls yeah yeah, that's craziness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely um, get it together. Fire, mm-hmm. fire these people. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're really that, if you feel that bad about it, then I guess you could just tell them, stop having sex at he work. He obviously does because he wrote a letter about it, you know. That's just so funny. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> okay, well, I, g- I have more questions, but we're already at an hour and nine minutes. I don't know if you want to keep going. I think we we could save them. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, then that... Unless they're Halloween themed and then we have to use them? Well, I mean, I guess we could use an... uh, Yeah, I have one more Halloween themed one. Let's do one more Halloween (laughs) themed one. We'll do one more Halloween themed one then, okay? Um, I couldn't even imagine what they would be in. I'm like, oh, interesting. Well, this is kind of similar to one that we've had in the past. Oh. Well, this is actually more Thanksgiving one, so we'll save it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds we'll good. We'll save that one for uh, our Thanksgiving episode. And um, yeah, so that, that's going to be pretty much it. No uh, no solicited advice this week. Well, Jaleesa. Oh, yeah. We had it at the beginning this time. Mm-hmm. So perfect. That worked out great. Got it out of the way in the beginning. I almost thought we weren't going to get to questions, which I was okay with, but... <laughs> I was like, oh. we, we never had that before where we didn't get answer some questions before. That would have been crazy. If, yeah, if I mean, I was cool long. with it. Yeah. That's fine, yeah. I thought it was an important conversation. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it for the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please email us at unsolicitedadvicepodcast at gmail.com with any questions <laughs> that you might have. Um, if you are struggling, please reach out for help and don't overdo anything. <laughs> They did the monster match. The zombies were having fun. The party.